Should I be drinking something? It's two hours earlier here, which you should factor in. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with a mid-afternoon cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the theme of the show. You know what? We just, we start drinking and then the show gets looser and looser. (laughs) Well, I think, I think we'd gain a lot of followers and we would lose a lot of followers. How many followers do we have to lose, really? I, that, well, that, was, <laughs> that, that was my next question. Well, it's the Scott and Carl Show. We play music that they don't on the Scott and Carl Show. Like it or not, we're on your radio. The World Series has started. Oh, man. That was such a... Well... A, the Dodgers made it in, which I was super happy about. Yeah, well. And B, the Houston Asterisks got knocked out. Well, which yeah, is well perfect. I was, yes, I love the fact that the Astros got beat. Sunday was not my day. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and they just got hammered. I'm a Closet Cowboys fan. They got hammered Monday night. Well, and of course, you end up being a Packers fan. Long story. All right. Yes. We're keeping things concise. <laughs> That's for another episode. I blame my son. All right. Like all good fathers. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> but but then the Braves, I was pulling for the Braves in game seven, and they let me down. But I will say I was excited Kershaw had a good game last night. Especially because I feel like his postseason confidence was broken thanks to the Astros knowing every pitch he was going to throw. Well, that – but I, <clears throat> I, I think John Smoltz – summed it up perfectly last night when you're already great and then you get into the postseason as an athlete you feel you've got to be even better so you press too hard and it doesn't always work out for you well i saw an interesting statistic that um if you take out the games that he played against the astros where they knew every pitch he was going to throw he had a five era if you take those out it drops down to a 3.7, which is a pretty respectable postseason ERA for a pitcher. Oh, right. No, I, think, so, I just yeah. wish he would change his delivery because his windup drives me batty. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get the job done. Yes, but as a former certified through t- the state of Texas umpire, I would call a balk on him just about every pitch. Okay. As well, it was about 90% of the major league pitchers. So he doesn't have a future in Texas Little League? No, this is high school. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Little League is the highest I made it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, apparently I enjoy standing behind a 16, 17-year-old kid with a guy 60 feet away throwing 90 miles an hour and hoping the kid in front of me catches it. Well, yeah, you just have to duck down. Oh, I'm telling you, though, you, it still hurts. Use the kid as your as your shield. It it hurts. You'll get foul balls off the mask, or you know, genius Carl does not wear a cup. So, I've caught one. Okay, there. the last thing that should be exposed <laughs> is that area. You should that should have the catcher fully in front of you. Yes and no, but you don't directly line up behind the catcher. You got to kind of get oh. to the side to see the entire strike zone. I was always worried. I would be worried that the batter was going to swing really wide back and hit me in the back of the head. 
I have, on the side of the head. But I guess that's impossible. It, it's not impossible. Now, I grew up playing catcher, so it's more possible uh-huh. there to get hit with a bat, and I've seen it. Yo, man. But I didn't wear a cup when I played catcher either, so. Balls, Balls of steel. You know, exactly what I was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of balls of steel, (laughs) (laughs) let's let's start segment number one. The man who's been shot multiple times. uh, I I feel like when he first came onto the scene, the one thing we knew about 50 Cent was that (laughs) several people had tried to shoot him and kill him. And he had taken multiple bullets, uh, but was still walking. In fact, one of his first early songs was Many Men, meaning Many Men. Uh, had tried to kill him, and he was still walking around. So I, I have respect for that. I respect for his music. But something that did catch me off guard was when I saw that he endorsed. He kind of endorsed. <laughs> it was the weirdest endorsement. I don't know. What did you think when you I, saw that? I, I don't necessarily think he just flat out said, I'm endorsing Donald Trump. He's just not endorsing Biden because of Biden's tax plan. Now, well, he, if, yeah, you know, if anybody's, he did say, anybody's, he did say in parentheses, vote for Trump. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not an endorsement, but well, if, if anybody knows about Biden's so-called tax plan, it's if you make under 400,000, your taxes will not be raised. Uh, and I would, you know, at this point, I actually would have assumed that 50 might have been in that category, but I'm glad to hear he's doing well. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he's even still relevant, but I, I never did get on the 50 bandwagon. He was signed to Eminem's label, I think, and that was right. I think that he, he came out and had a nice push from Eminem. And I, at that time, I thought any anybody that, that Eminem vouches for. I, uh, I'll listen to, and I did like some of Fifty songs. He had some good stuff. Well, that whole "It's Your Birthday" just drove me nuts. Oh, but now it's like a cheesy dance favorite. Like that's the stuff that gives you the residuals. Actually, you know what? It's probably that song that's got him getting taxed extra by Biden. <laughs> and and what what is it? It's like a sixty-two percent tax rate or something like that. So okay. If, if we're going to get into the weeds here a little bit on tax rates, because I feel like 50 made uh, an error that a lot of us make when listening to tax rates. And I didn't understand how they work for a long time. Um, he said, let's see. He said, if, if I'm going to quote him, he said, what the F language 50, come on. He said, I'm out F. New York, the Knicks never win anyway. I don't care. Trump, I don't care. Trump doesn't like black people, <laughs> which is a funny, it's a funny thing to include in your endorsement. <laughs> he said, 62%, are you out of your effing mind? Now, 62% is when you combine, he lives in New York City. You're combining city, state, and federal taxes that he feels like he would be paying. Um, New York's an expensive place to live. So he's not talking about any of the rest of us. Biden's plan, the federal tax is currently sitting, the top tax rate, which I guess 50 feels like he is in, is 37%. And Biden wants to move it to 39.6%. So 
Like that is not a very drastic move. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about two percent, uh, which two percent of a lot is a lot. Mm-hmm. But but it's not sixty-two percent. You know, I just hope he doesn't jump on the because he's mentioned moving out of New York, and and <laughs> I do not want him to jump on the let's move to Austin bandwagon. Oh man. He can follow Joe Rogan out there. Uh, well, Joe Rogan can go to New York. <laughs> no, Joe Rogan doesn't want to pay taxes. <laughs> that's that's the, the attraction in Texas right now is these guys who scored big but don't want to pay taxes on it <laughs> or want to avoid state taxes. Sure, and, and that's a huge benefit of living here. Uh, and it was actually up for vote. I believe it might have been this last election and it was voted down. You know, Texans don't mm-hmm. do not want to pay a state income tax. Did they I wonder if they put that next to everything that a state income tax would allow you to have in Texas? You know, like if they said we're gonna tax you you know, if you're making under four hundred thousand dollars, we're gonna tax you a tiny little bit. If you're making over four hundred thousand dollars you know, your four hundred thousand and first dollar going up is taxed at, you know, some sort of state tax. And now you get universal pre-K, everybody gets health care, you know, something like that. I wonder if you put it next to the benefits, um, if, they, if it would have been more popular. Because when you when you take that part out of it, taxes are always going to be unpopular when the question is just, hey, do you want to pay more? OK, then <laughs> that's an easy answer. Right. But, you know. As far as universal health care for the state and whatnot, I don't see that ever happening, whether there's a state income tax or not. Uh, and I think a lot of it, even if they would put that kind of information into the bill, mm-hmm. I don't think people trust the government enough to, to buy into it. And that's another issue is like trusting the government. Yeah. Well, it's like we decide who goes there. So if we are anti-government, I stand. we just kind of have ourselves to blame. Oh, right. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's entirely up to us. But the thing about it is how many promises do these politicians make year after year after year while they're campaigning and then don't deliver on any of it? And are they held accountable? No, they're when no, they don't they're deliver. Not. And if you look at like your your congressman and th- those folks like that, people continue to just vote them back in just because well they've already been there, they might as well keep them in there. Which is that I don't understand that thing. I, I don't get it either. <laughs> I, I, I really may maybe this time. <laughs> but, but you know that that just seems to be the trend and it's been that way forever. You know, like that's like, like we a, discussed last week, there needs to be term limits on everybody. Yeah. I think to a certain extent, sometimes you get some great politicians that you would lose. Well, that's just um, part of it. I think, you know, where they like, they've devoted their whole lives, you know, like we wouldn't have a Bernie Sanders in Vermont, even though they love him in Vermont and they would never want to lose him. But, 
uh, and he's consistently working for them and their interests and what they want. You know, it may not be what Texas well, wants. Sure, but that's, but Vermont has like that's what, Vermont's choice. A population of three hundred total. <laughs> yeah, they are all burning. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I think AT and T Stadium in Arlington can hold more people than the population of Vermont. I'd like to see that. Which, but you know, when when you get a good one, because it it does take a while to sift through a lot of bad government officials to get a good one, and then you want to hang on to that person, and you want them to feel indebted to the job. Um, that was like when we were talking about Supreme Court justices, and if you have them looking for a job while they're on the seat, <laughs> you know, like making plans for their career well, after government service. Right, and there's no doubt in my mind that that does not go on. I mean, that it has to happen. Not not with the Supreme Court justices, because, you know, they're in there for life. That's lifetime. But mm-hmm. these politicians, they don't know from one election to the next. So are they cutting deals? Absolutely. I mean, I, you mm-hmm. know, I can't, I, I can't mean, sit here and say that's 100% because I don't have the facts. And nobody's ever going to admit to it. But there's no doubt in my mind that it works that way. Oh, we have all sorts of campaign finance violations that go on because they're usually working on keeping that job as opposed to setting up a job out after government. But you don't want your government officials spending all of their time in office just trying to keep their job in office, which is the problem. Right. That's why we need some campaign finance reform or something to uh, because they're just making phone calls all day. It's like, OK, I'm in office now. I got to start raising money for the next election. And yes, and that's. Pretty much how it goes. <laughs> but back to tax rates. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Do you see this the the link that I included in the notes to nerdwallet.com? Well they they break down the current federal tax brackets because I know that our listeners they're you know what, they're tax junkies. And they like to get they like to see the details and they like to hear each of the percentages. Right. So, and right now, the up to ten percent, or the up to nine thousand eight hundred seventy-five dollars, it's just a ten percent tax rate. So even if you're fifty cent, your first nine thousand eight hundred seventy-five dollars of income is only taxed at ten percent. And then your next your next amount of money, up to forty thousand dollars, is taxed at twelve percent. That goes for 50 cent too. And then up to 85,000, that section is only taxed for 22%. And then from 85,000 up to 163,000, that's taxed at 24%. So not all of that is taxed at 24%. You see, it's like, as you go up, right. each, each bit, more, you know, each chunk of income is taxed, you know, so after $163, or $163,000, your next dollar is going to be taxed at 32%. And that goes all the way up to $207,000. Now, at this point, I feel like we're out of the Scott and Carl range, and we're out of most of our listeners range. Yeah. We were, we're, so we most were out of, of the Scott and Carl range a while back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is not producing income, folks. <laughs> There's a little switch that I flipped that says we're willing to read ads. So I'll see if anybody takes us up on that. Well. Um, but if we're interested, 
after 207,000, it goes up to 35%. And then 518,000 is where the, that's the last cutoff. If you're making over $518,000 a year, the next dollar that you make is going to be taxed at 37%. And that's as high as it goes. And to me, that's actually a little bit odd because to me, there's a huge difference between somebody making $518,000 a year, which is a ton, but, and making like 10 million a year or a billion a year or whatever. I would almost say there needs to be a different bracket for people making over like a couple million a year. Right. So, I mean, Uh, I kind of did some math in my head, and I think I did it wrong. Oh, do you have the do you have the chart yes. pulled up? Okay. So, and I was just going to um, do it on an even million, which okay. is easy to do, and I I got a couple zeros misplaced. But you're looking at if you you know at thirty seven percent at a million dollars, you're paying in three hundred seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. That's a huge chunk of change. It is, but you also are making $630,000 that you take home afterwards. Right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, if you're making a million dollars, you're not paying 37% on all of it. You're only paying 37% on half of it. So let's go 500,000, cut that in half. And you're looking at one. What is that? One thirty-five. Uh, one seven. Yeah, say you know, I want to break. Well, I'm not gonna name the institution we graduated from. <laughs> <laughs> I was not allowed to take pre-cal. I wasn't allowed to take calculus. I went to see Mr. Brewster, and I was like, um, I think I took. No, I took geometry with Tommy Hodges, but Mr. Hodges. We had a, it was Friday before last, it might've been last Friday. We had a annual refresher for safety training. And Uh I ended up sitting by this, this older gentleman and we got to talking and his wife is cousins with Mr. Hodges. So we we had some good conversation about old Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) I loved his, I loved the accent that he brought to these geometric I, angles. Angle by, angle say, <laughs> angle day. Because if there was an angle E, it sounded exactly the same as oh, angle yeah, A. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that could be confusing. I blame, I blame my grade oh, on that. Without a doubt. I mean, it's like, you never knew what this dude was was saying. <laughs> but he sure was happy about it. <laughs> I, I I appreciate teachers who enjoyed their jobs now, looking yeah, back, you know? Well. <laughs> the ones who were actually excited and happy about it. It wasn't everybody. And I mean, I understand, too, that a lot of them are probably like, I feel underpaid and underappreciated. Screw these kids. Screw this institution. I'm just doing any, this to, any to of get them by. Any of that enjoyed their jobs teaching me were full of crap. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't the easiest of students. I like to cut up and, you know. Well, 
Yeah, I feel like both of us spent a decent amount of time with our desks out in the hallway. I had one teacher. I'll go ahead and say his name because, and I just found this out a couple weeks ago, but he was recently passed, Coach Bailey. And, uh, Hmm. yeah, my desk was up against the chalkboard facing the rest of the class. (laughs) So you were kind of like his teacher? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he liked me so much, he made me take him again. (laughs) <laughs> I still remember in first grade, I was in California at that time, it was an open house and my first grade teacher had to explain to my parents why my why Scott's <laughs> desk was in the corner <laughs> away from everybody else's desk. And I was thinking back, I was like, for the open house, you couldn't move my desk back with the rest of the class. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, whatever. Uh, anyway, so... I think so that, uh, a... Fiddy, needs, Fiddy needs to understand that his, all of his income is not being taxed at 60, 62%. It's a graduated tax bracket. And as you make more money, that the money beyond the previous bracket is taxed at the higher amount, not right. all of it. Because I used to think there used to be this um, argument going around where they would say like, oh, I, I don't want to get this raise at work because it's going to put me into the next bracket and then I'm going to have to pay this higher percentage on all my income. And I thought, Oh yeah, that does make sense. Like why wouldn't you, you wouldn't want to like get bumped into that bracket, but no, if you get bumped into the higher bracket, only that little bit of extra money you're making in the higher bracket is going to get taxed at that higher percentage. It doesn't make everything. Right. And, and if you're only in that bracket by 10 bucks, I mean, 37% of 10 bucks is yeah. not a lot, you know? But, yeah, you're paying $3.70 at the 37% right. rate. And, you know, and, and I think people need to be educated on this. And that's why we're here. Got, got, Next topic. <laughs> we still have two minutes. No, we're moving uh, right through. I don't know. Did no. you have anything else to say about 50 Cent? I, I feel like nobody's actually going to talk to him about that, but I did want him to know if he's a listener <laughs> that some of the math um, may not be correct. Nope. And we're here if he wants to talk about it. Right. Just, just you know, shoot us an email and give us a number and we will reach out to you. Half of us also think that you've got some great songs <laughs> and may or may not rock out to them on certain And since we're days. talking about percentages, 50, that is 50%. Yeah. Even if, even if 50 like had to deal with one of the most progressive candidates in the race, which I believe was Elizabeth Warren, and she wanted to institute a 2% wealth tax on not your earnings, but your holdings. And Fiddy sent on this, in this instance said like, I don't want to be, or somebody else attributed it to him. He was like, Fiddy doesn't want to be 20. He doesn't, Fiddy sent doesn't want to end up being 20. Yeah, I was, I, I was about by to being taxed too much. That was hilarious. Yeah, that is pretty funny. I don't think he said that, but I think that was like the headline. Um, but even under a really progressive tax plan by Warren, Fiddy sent would, pay, they say, after your first million, you keep it free and clear, two cents on every dollar past that. And so Fiddy would be 49 
instead of 50 cent, he would be 49 cent. And I still feel like that's not a huge hit to his, and that's if you just went like well, all almost, you know, Warren is on the way to Bernie Sanders uh, in just saying the wealthy really need to pay their share. We have a huge income um, distribution issues in this country. And, and if it only takes 50 cent down to 49, I don't think well, that's too bad at all. This is just my opinion on things. So the article that you that you put the link onto this document, look mm-hmm. at the vehicle that he's leaning on. It's a Bentley. <laughs> look, look at his house. If, if you're that worried, why do you need a $300,000 vehicle? Why do you need a house with 37 bathrooms in it? I mean, you know. So that part of me, I never feel sorry for, for the celebrities that want to bitch and moan about taxes. He's a job creator, Carl. Look at him. That, he's creating yeah, jobs. Well, those are jobs that need to go out of business. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like my uh, son. Yeah. When he was about 13, I'm... we started talking about vehicles. Like we're in Texas, so you know most boys, young boys, get pickup trucks. No, he tried to tell me that he wanted a Lambo. Okay, oh, okay. Man, I had some, I had some Lambo posters. Up <laughs> well, I think room. we all did, but I pretty much knew that that was never going to happen. Much less <laughs> have the balls to ask my parents to buy me one. I'd like to see how that conversation <laughs> would go. Yeah. Mom, it's my 16th birthday. Uh, as you see, I got pretty decent grades, except for <laughs> coach's class. Um, <laughs> I, I think we need to get Bill as a call uh, as a call in. And let's ask him how that conversation would go. Oh yeah, um, I actually was thinking. I was talking to him about Eddie Van Halen. Did call back to our did, what two episodes ago, and he was you know I didn't realize how much did he did he agree? Oh, go ahead. Oh, that Eddie's an amazing guitarist. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he said he wasn't like his favorite or great. I, I don't think I asked him what his favorite was of all time. Um, but just, I was thinking if we're going to have it, if we're going to have Bill Randall on, we're going to have him on to talk about greatest guitar players of all time. I, I'm definitely down. I think we could do a whole hour on that. Oh, we did. Oh, and we can do another. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Cause you know, the great thing about that, nobody's wrong. No, they're I all mean, great. We may not agree on who's top dog, but I will say, after we looked at the list and Jimi Hendrix was on top of one of one or several of the lists, it made me go back and listen to his stuff. He's incredible, and there are not a lot of guitar players that have a chord named after them. And Jimi Hendrix has his own chord. Well, and and, and where I thought about that yeah, episode. I was thinking about it the other day, and there's one that is current, and it's not in a rock and roll genre. That is a great, great guitar player. Brad Paisley. Didn't know. I didn't know Brad Paisley. There well. is. I will. I will send you a link of. Oh, I'm. I'm gonna have to find it, but it has him and what is it, Scott Ian? 
Uh, Tom Morello's in it. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch oh, of them. Okay. They're sitting around and they're just they're playing the theme song to Game of Thrones. <laughs> Dude, it's it is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, I would watch that, and I would love it to see like Brad Paisley just create a whole side project where he's just playing some really amazing. I don't know. It doesn't even have to be blues. It just has to be, you know, something with a little more feeling to show off those guitar chops. Oh, I think I see him in there. Is he wearing a Dodgers hat? I'm liking Brad Paisley more and more right <laughs> well, now. Well, he, he is married to a, you know, an actress. So wait, we get Brad Paisley and y'all got uh, Joe Rogan. You, you can have Fiddy too. Oh man, these guys are these guys are jamming. Oh, did you find it? Did you pull it up? I did. That is Brad Paisley wearing an LA Dodgers. Yeah, okay, hat. I just got it pulled up. I was about to send you the link. I, I've got it <laughs> muted for copyright purposes. But hold on, if we. Okay, Tom Morello. Tom Morello has a masterclass course that I've been meaning to take. Well, you see, Tom Morello's in a Chicago Cubs hat, oh, he... so. Oh, here we go. This is Brad. Okay, I mean, it's good. It's not like... Okay, I was like, that was like surprisingly good for a pop country singer, but I wouldn't say like Brad Paisley's this amazing guitar player. I, I think he's pretty salty. I mean, he's probably better than that clip. That to me, that was he was just kind of like playing on Game of Thrones, and maybe that's not his best venue, or maybe he does some more later on. I'm not going to speak ill of Brad Paisley right now, but I, I do like how you about. categorized him as pop country. Oh, absolutely, isn't he? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Have we moved yeah, off of so tax let's brackets get yet? Off tax brackets. I'm going to get off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, we're only at the 33 right, minute mark. Do, doing well tonight. I did polish off my first tequila, though, which might not be great for the pacing of the yeah. show. We can always edit later. This is the second one, and I'm going to have to spend more time with this one <laughs> than the first. So are, are you telling our listeners that I'm, you drink because of me? Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to get you know, a Cazadoras that, that happened to my parents, and that happened to my grandparents. <laughs> my teachers. <laughs> My girlfriend. No, actually, I'll bet. I'll bet at some point in high school, I felt pressured oh, by I'm Carl. Pretty to drink. Sure I pressured you to drink a few times. <laughs> Come on, Scott, <laughs> just one. <laughs> Come on, Natty Light is like the best I, beer in the world. You got to try it. I don't know if a lot of people know this, I'm, but the ninety-eight percent of our keg parties that we had 
were natural light. And we just told everybody it was Bud Light or Coors Light. And they bought it. <laughs> now, at our reunion this last summer, talking mm-hmm. with a buddy, we had like a pre-party the night before, and he's like, hey, dude, let's go and have some of the keg. I'm like, okay. And by him, by us going in halves, man, Carl, you pay for the keg. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Are you on here trying to settle uh, some I debts? I would like to. But, anyways, <laughs> I said, well, why don't we do like we did back in the day and just charge everybody like five bucks a cup? You keep your cup, you drink all night long for five bucks. Hell of a deal. I said, we'll mm-hmm. get natural light. Or Keystone. And he's like, man, no, dude, that, that was like well, 20 years ago. People know. Let's get Dos Equis, which moves you into a higher bracket of pay. And mm-hmm. we didn't charge anybody. <laughs> well, that's because we're adults now, I guess. We splurge. Apparently so. That's the price of friendship. We say, you know what? <laughs> You're worth it. All right. So let's get into topic number two. Where are we going now? All right. I got to make a plug for Natty Ice, though. That's what I drank in college because it's the same price, but you know, it's a I have not percentage. seen that yet. Well, you never saw Natty. Well, no, oh, it may not I've still be around. It, I never tried it. Oh, well, that was They're basically right. all we drank because you're standing at the grocery store and you're looking at two cheap beers next to one another, and one of them is like a full one or maybe 2% higher right. alcohol content. And I, I do know they have a Keystone Ice now. But yeah, there was even oh, a that's what we drank in high school a lot. Three bucks a six pack. That's all you needed. <laughs> Tastes like piss. All right, let's. Yeah, that's true. You can taste the burn with that. Um, I don't know. What did you want to talk about next? Oh, I can't remember what I told you earlier. I just threw down all of these different links because I'm like over the week. This has been a good outlet for me to say yeah, this story looks interesting. I'll look I'll I'll look more into it if Carl wants to talk uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly I didn't look at the email until today. <laughs> we can always visit uh any of well, these. Well, I think let's, let's talk about the uh the map. Okay, yes, this is a fun a fun exercise. Did you want me to open up no, the one, the one that you that recommended? Five thirty-eight is typically a pretty good. I've found they they do a ton of work on their forecasting. They have entire podcasts and hours and hours a week talking about their models and how they get these uh, predictions. And a lot of people don't like the fact that they they do their predictions not as like. Here's what the polls say, but they say based on what the polls say, here's the percentage that each candidate has to win. And people misinterpret the percentage or the chance to win as a poll. So when it says Biden is 87 in 100 chance of winning, Trump is 12. That's not a poll. There's no poll that's going to have Biden up 87 to 12. Right. (laughs) Like. But it's looking at all of the polls and it's weighing them and it's saying if you ran this situation a hundred times and they run it like millions of times, 87 times out of a hundred, Biden wins 
in these certain circumstances, meaning like there's like better than a one out of 10 chance that Trump pulls this off, just like last time. You know, it's not favored to happen, America but it's does love them possible. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he's built his whole thing about like, I'm an outsider. And he is an outsider. I'm an underdog. He's an outsider to politics. He's not an outsider to New York elites Jeffrey and uh, lots of parties. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, my God. There was a photo that came out this week where he had Eric Trump and, and his daughter Ivanka as kids. And they're in this picture with Jeffrey Epstein. And I'm like, what party wow. was this? <laughs> I mean, why were you? Don't bring it. Don't no. bring your kids well, around him. I, I think that's a whole nother segment. And, and that's something I could go on for days is the Epstein deal. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you knew what he was doing, you're exactly right. Why would you put your kids around him? Why would you put them anywhere close to a situation like that? Now, granted, is is would Epstein ever traffic traffic somebody's kids like with with Donald Trump's status? Or no, he's not literally going to molest no. your kid. Well, no, <laughs> because you brought that, to the, I mean, because you would that, hope not. That would put too much <laughs> also, I think you, Epstein preyed on the underprivileged. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you come from a world where you don't have <clears throat> anything, and then here comes this multimillionaire giving you this and giving you this and taking you to his private island and flying you here and flying you there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you get that in your mind probably, and I can't speak for the victims, but I would think they're, they're probably thinking, well, I have to do this. Because he's done this for me. So, yeah, but I just, yeah, man, bitch. Okay, this reminds me of something, of a story from this week that I didn't include, but I just texted you. Um, this is from NPR, but everybody covered it. Parents of 545 children that were separated at the U.S.-Mexico border so still can't be found. Actually- Okay, your link just pulled up or just come through. But I listen to NPR when I'm out here uh, in what I like to call Hollywood East, as in Marfa, Texas. That's where it's it's based out of out here. And I was actually listening to that. Or Austin West. Or Austin West. Uh, and, And they were discussing it and... I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but they kind of went into, you know, the government denying separating the kids from their parents. Uh, And then when it Mm came out, they gave, well, there's only 2,800 families. Well, now they're saying there's parents that were deported back to central Mexico or somewhere in South America that still their kids are in the United States foster system. So Mm -hmm. personally, as as a parent, 
I don't understand what our government was thinking by separating these kids from their parents. I don't. I, it, it it sickens me. It's disgusting. A child needs their parent. The foster system is no place for a kid. Uh, I've got firsthand experience with the foster system. Not being, I've never been in foster care, but I've known people that have owned foster agencies and have made a lot of money off of it. I've seen a lot of the foster parents and the way they've treated those kids, and it, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. So... They're not going to treat them the way that a well, parent would treat their child. It's just a temporary kid there, and they're, you don't know what the motivations are. I mean, not to – okay, foster parents are great nah, people. Most, like, far majority of I them would be great to be able see, to like, take in kids and take care of them. I would say oh, okay. what I've witnessed, I'd say the majority of them are in it for the money and the money only. Well, ta- not even that. I mean, you get break. a monthly check. For having that kid live in your house. Uh, uh. And my ex-wife and I had looked into it. Because we went to church with the owner owners of this foster agency. And we went through the training. And then you had to do a home visit. And they come out and they ask you some pretty personal questions. I mean, how's your sex life? How's this? And you kind of look at them like, dude, you remember pretty? You ever party with you ever it's party like, with you're Jeffrey my person at church? Why are you asking me about my sex life? That's kind of weird. We're not Catholic, <laughs> but uh, what threw me off and what kept me from doing it is is they'll sell you on the fact that these kids need a better environment, and they do. I get it. Some of them are in some pretty horrible situations. And they want you to treat that kid just like you would treat your own kid. Now, we had a three-bedroom house with two kids. I wanted one. We wanted, we were going to take one foster kid in, just one. And my, my question that I asked him, the money that I get per month on this child, can I open up like a savings in that kid's name and just put that check into that? Because I, don't, I didn't need the money. I was in it to help the kid. And he said, you can do that, but if that kid leaves your house and goes to another foster house, you have to transfer that bank account with them, and those parents can do whatever they want with that money. And I was like, well, that's kind of odd. Yeah, well, you could also just start an account and keep it under your right. name and just plan and on giving the- it to him. And if he changes foster situations you could give it to him well, the other later thing or that I don't know me off yeah was like I said we wanted one and he said well if you move both because both of my, my my children were young they're like four and two at that point he said they can share a room you can fit up to four kids in this one bedroom first of all first of all I don't want four <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yeah, but this is the the legal limit. And if you want to make money on foster right. kids, and this is how you, you got to pack we, them in. We go into the bathroom. Okay. And again, you want these kids to feel like they belong in your family and they're part of the family. But they can't keep their toothbrush stored like in a toothbrush holder with your families. They have to have their own. They have to have their own shampoo. They have to have their own conditioner, their own body wash. 
I was like, how is how is that including them in your family when you're constantly separating everything? Yeah, it just. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I'm done. I, I'm not going to do it. So hats off to those foster parents that do it right and do it for the right reasons. But I, I'm going to go out there and say the majority of them are in it for the money. Yeah. And and it's especially hard when you have kids who have parents who would love to be taking care of their kids, but they've just right. been separated. And, you know, and, and they get separated for all sorts of things, whether whether it's a an addiction mm-hmm. problem or violence or or crossing the border or crossing the border. You know, I mean, to me, that is not <laughs> an offense to where we should separate those children from their parents. Because here's the thing: those parent those kids were not born in the United States, so they're not U.S. citizens. That's that's why you're deporting their mm-hmm. parents is because they didn't come over here legally. And but as yet to be as yet to be established, because that's that whole thing about, you know, yes, a lot of people are going to come and falsely claim um, that they're fleeing a terrible country and are and are looking for asylum. But there are there are a lot of people who are also genuinely looking for asylum <laughs> and it's hard to sift through which ones are valid and which ones are not valid. And we've just decided they're all not valid. <laughs> These are all criminals. <laughs> Get them out of here, split them up. Let's just make this as hard as possible for everyone. And nobody will want to come here. And I, I think we've, we've reached that point. Well, I think yeah, nobody no, wants we've, to we've done a great here. job at that. It's funny that our neighboring countries are closing their borders and they're like, y'all stay out. (laughs) Americans are not welcome. I mean, I I knew we were hated in the Middle East Mm -hmm. and we've been hated in the Middle East forever. It's like, whew. Well, I was thinking about patriotism and that's something that we seem to take seriously in this country and and if you think about the work that it takes to go from like Honduras and pull your family out and travel have that many thousands of miles by foot or by train or whatever, you know, through the desert and through, you know, to get to this basically promised land of everything you've dreamed of. Um, yeah, you're technically not supposed to be there unless you like meet the qualifications and but that's, I mean, if you think about like that's who loves reason. America, it's the not America, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's a that's a I don't know if it's if it counts as patriotism, but they do show up loving America. Like they've worked they've worked their asses off like harder than most of sure. us to I mean, get it's, here it's and been be Americans since its inception. Uh, basically, the land of milk and honey, you know, and and it goes kind of like what. Well, we briefly talked about in the past when I was stating that you know these young children are taught that you can grow up and be president and I said that's a load of crap the American dream is a load of crap for for those immigrants that come over here because 
the vast majority of them that do come over here live in poverty still. No, it's not the same kind of poverty that they lived in in South America. But they still live in poverty. Mm -hmm. But they do have better opportunities. So I understand them wanting to come over here. Just like with the Europeans, the land of milk and honey was being enjoyed by all those Native Americans. And we said, hey, this place looks really nice. (laughs) <laughs> and if they would have had better borders back then, yeah, I think well, it would have been a different story. You know, that's where we need to get members of uh, Rage Against the Machines. If we can get Zach Delaroche or Tom Morello on the show, and let, let's let, let's talk about the mistreatment of oh yeah, the Native Americans. Oh yeah. That's a whole episode. Well, that'll be after our Eddie Van Halen special. Did you know Eddie Van Halen's family flew or fled from the Netherlands? I didn't know that they fled or what it was for. I knew that he was born over there, and then they come to America. Because he was Lebanese or something, and in the Netherlands, they were just being treated really poorly. And so they... They fled here because, you know, I guess the Netherlands can be extremely <laughs> racist too. We we don't have a mon- monopoly on it. No. <laughs> and and he went through some mistreatment here too. But yeah, well, um, then you know, a guitar guy. Once Mr. Gene Simmons <laughs> discovered him in that in that little bar down there on the Sunset Strip, it was no more discriminating against him. Oh, I didn't know that that's where it started. Uh, it was, was it I the Rainbow tell Room? I can't the name of it off the top of my head. I do know that Gene Simmons was in Los Angeles scouting talent for his manager and just happened to see him play. Hmm. Flew him to New York to record some demos, but the, uh, the manager never signed him. And I bet that's a decision he regrets to this very day, if he's still alive. Yeah, he's like just stuck with Kiss and didn't get to have, uh, didn't get to have Van Halen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't you take know, Kiss over Van. Now Halen. that I know that story, a few years back at a cancer benefit, oh, some friends of ours, they uh, for Halloween one year they dressed up as Kiss, and I mean like all out with the platform boots, and I mean it was legit. Well, at a cancer benefit, they asked him to dress up as Kiss and come pretty much just lip sync to a Kiss song. And uh, that's why, if you notice, I signed in with the name El Jefe tonight. Yes, that that was I. I did I notice was their that manager, and that's my name was El Jefe. So the the dumbass, you know, it could be me that didn't sign Eddie Van Halen in the Eddie Van Halen band. I know you wouldn't make that mistake. You'd be a better manager. All right. What we got here? All right. Back to the map. I I don't know how much I agree with this map. So, well, what's interesting is right now, if you have it all reset and you haven't clicked on any states, it's basically telling you the percentage chance they're giving based on all the polls because they're doing tons of polls in every state. Um, And so if you hover the mouse over... for those at home, we're at 538.com. 
maybe we'll put a link in the show notes. We might do that. And if you hover over each state, it tells you the percentage chance that, that each candidate is going to win this. So most states are pretty, pretty easy to identify <laughs> because in this country, we don't have a lot of swing states. Which ones I look think, a little off to you, Carl? I mean, I know, like, just looking at Texas, they still have Trump in the lead. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little more than than they're wanting. I mean, of course, you have Austin, Austin West and Marfa. And I'd even go out and say, you know, Alpine. Some of these more liberal places – I still don't think it's 33 and 100 for Biden there. Uh, Arizona, I would have kind of expected Trump to be more popular there just because, you know, that's where we vacationed this summer was in Arizona. And it, it was hot in Texas, so we said, let's go to the desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, we forget that they elected a Democratic senator two right. years ago, Kristen, Kirsten Cinema is uh is there and there they actually have another senate seat in competition right now for john mccain's old seat and the democrat uh mark kelly former astronaut and husband of kathy gifford right. who was shot at an event there was they were big gun right or gun regulation um proponents for background checks i think uh which is a whole nother episode that we'll get to Anyway, he's running against uh, Martha McSally, who was appointed to fill John and, McCain's seat. And Wisconsin died, surprises but... me. And, and the reason I, I really? say okay. that is back to my argument with the oil fields. So prior to not this current bust that we're in, but the, the previous bust, some of the best profits for fracking that you can get come out of Wisconsin. So they all shut down, and that's how I ended up working with a lot of them out here in West Texas. Is uh, You would just think with, you know, Trump being more, more for the fracking and more for the oil production that Wisconsin would be up higher than it is with him. I mean, you're telling me Wisconsin outlawed fracking? The profits. Oh, why did those people come to work with you in Texas then? Not like I said, not this bus that we're currently in, but the previous bus. Yes, the whole oil prices dipping dipping is the bus. And I mean, that's a whole other segment we can get into. Uh, So. The way, and what I'm talking about is my profits is I'm talking about sand that they use to to, to frack these wells with. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes out of Wisconsin, it's called Wisconsin white, and you want the you want these grains of sand to be very strong so they can hold those little holes in there that they frack to let the oil flow flow through it. So. That was your number one producer. And then, you know, the sand plants back home in Brady, those were called Brady Brown. Well, they've all since shut down because of this. And really what has shut them down is 
they're saying, I mean, West Texas is a desert. There, there's sand all over the place out here. The, the deal with that sand, though, is it's not, it's the crush value on it's not very well. But sand plants have started popping up like crazy in West Texas, and they're using that sand mainly because these oil companies can save about half a million dollars per well just on transportation of, of cost alone. And that's just coming, that's just trucking it from Brady. So you can imagine what it costs to ship it by rail from Wisconsin to a rail yard and then load it on a truck and then send it out to the well sites in West Texas. So these oil companies are saving money. So that's what's killed Wisconsin. But I would just, man, with them being big players in the fracking, I would expect. Trump to be a lot more popular in Wisconsin. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure if you're maybe if you're in that industry, you're concerned with green energy. Um, but we forget that not everybody is in that industry, and it's actually no, they're not. They're, they're a huge not percentage that of people there does pay um, for a lot. I mean, these oil companies are, are giving so much money back into the government for. For roads and I know the the first company that I went to work for in West Texas I mean we completely paid for the widening of the the little farm to market road we were on to put in turning lanes because we knew truck traffic was going to be crazy and then instead of just dealing with it you know the mm-hmm. company that I worked for paid for it and other companies around, I, I noticed they were doing that. Yeah, you can see ro- roads being wide, and, it, and that's coming from these these oil companies. Mm-hmm. So there are benefits to having them around. They're, you know, they they do kick a lot of money back into the area that they're that they're operating in. But yeah, you're right. I mean, not everybody in the state, obviously. Well, is in it, and like another another link that was further down in the show uh, topic you ideas know, so- was the cost. Like some people are starting to factor in, you know, how expensive is the cost of not transitioning away from fossil fuels because it's getting more expensive each year. Not it not is just out here in my little liberal bubble, but I'm just saying the federal government has a request from California for like billions to deal with this and that's that's expensive it's expensive to to maintain the status quo so when people talk about the price tag of a of a shift to more wind and solar and uh less reliance on fossil fuels yes that's expensive but it's also maybe more expensive uh to keep it the way it is uh bathroom break okay everybody pause <laughs> everybody take a minute uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, wait yeah. we'll wait until you're finished after the flush then well, then I, we i didn't think i was trying to be quiet no no carl your pee is louder than you think it is well apparently so all right 
back to my chair. So, yes, it is expensive. And, and I think what's going to make it less expensive, one, like I said, them saving money on the transportation of the province. But two... Transportation of the what? The province. Province? What do you mean? No, province. P-R-O-P-P-A-N. Oh. Profit. That is, that's your sand, is basically what it is. Oh, all right. Uh, but two, the way the oil field, the reason it's been so, the way they spent the money in the past is, you know, you, you have your investors who give you all this money, and then, then this oil company just goes out and spends this money. Well, now you're getting into these investors. They're wanting to return a lot faster than what they were getting. So I think that's going to have a big play in it. Uh, when you're not getting the money, you have to spend money to make money. So therefore, they're going to have to find less expensive ways to do it. And that's just on the production side of it. That's just the expense that oil companies are facing. But I'm talking about the expense that states and the government as a whole is facing to clean up after having more pollution, more uh, atmosphere with more carbon, with a slightly hotter climate year after year. And just how that's going to become more and more expensive to clean up. Because, well, yeah, I, I mean, the production value of it, I think that it's oil and coal is becoming less and less profitable as you have to dig deeper and work harder to squeeze out every ounce of energy from it. But <clears throat> there's also the factor of, you know, we're, we're just kind of pumping gas into the atmosphere, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying. It's like you have your car running in your garage. Do you want it to be? a gas burning car do you want it to be an electric car like we've just we've all just had our cars running for a long time and we're (laughs) starting to notice that our garage our collective garage is filling up a little bit right and and i think they're they're coming along with their more advancements in electric vehicles uh i think tesla's doing a great job uh, Tesla, if you want to sponsor us and donate a Tesla to us, that'd be great. A Tesla truck, it sounds like. Yeah, that'd be a great yes. compromise between you and your son. <laughs> yeah, well, I can promise you he wouldn't be getting it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you ever got, have you ever been like in a Tesla or seen how they actually operate? I have been in several test drives of a Tesla. They are pretty neat. They uh, are. I mean, they can do everything. You can sleep. <laughs> I, I don't know how much I would actually trust it, but... No, I'm not to the point of trusting the Tesla to drive me where <laughs> I need to go. But, but I mean, I think we're... Every day that comes along, we're getting further and further advanced. So I think we're on the right track as far as hopefully relying less on gasoline and, you know, 
those emissions being released into the atmosphere and so mm-hmm. i don't but, know but yeah as you know that means jobs but it's a it's a, a balance between you know there's always going to be a cost to anything well, there, you do sure there's going to be a cost and i think where they're going to have to really concentrate is like you know that they yet another one that's moving to austin it was is tesla but in Texas, you've got a lot of farming and ranching as, as well as the rest of the Midwest. So these people rely on their diesel engines to to haul, to pull. Uh, same thing with with trucking. I mean, you have to have trucks. That's the backbone of America in my eyes is these trucks are getting food or whatever supplies you need from one point and it's just dispersed all over the country. Mm-hmm. So I, let's figure something out there. I mean, is there a way to make an electric 18 wheeler? I think will... that would be an incredible idea because there's so much room on top of those trailers for solar panels also. Sure. And, 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 then, and, and those trailers that... sit around so much. Also, well, that, you know, when you're parked, they could just be charging the whole time. That's a great idea. And that's what I was getting to was keep it on powered with enough energy to get cross country. And, you know, like you said, with, with solar panels on top of those, those trailers on the, on the box trailers, you know, in, in my thought process, that's unlimited power. I mean, I don't know that it'll, it'll charge the engine as much as, I mean, if it'll charge it enough to, to counter how much energy you're using to drive to pull a heavy trailer, but I think it'll actually, it'll factor in. Um, well, and right. if you, when you back a, when you back a truck into a trailer and you connect to a battery that's on the trailer, that would be great. Um, that'd be a great way for, for the trucks to, to run. And you still, you pull over to a truck stop, you know, take a nap and, and charge your, your trailer for an hour or two and then you're you know you're set to go and hit the road again well maybe we need to uh schedule a meeting with old what's his name is it elon musk or something like that yeah well and uh shoot him our idea and... <laughs> he's and, too and busy then... trying to get to mars <laughs> and then when he buys that idea we can go buy brand new diesel trucks Right now, he's trying to get to Mars, and he's digging tunnels around Los Angeles, which is sort of weird, too. <laughs> he's digging car tunnels around Los Angeles that you can drive, drive cars through. And we're like, aren't those subways? Like, we've had those for a while. Why are we building car tunnels? Well, you know. Where you drive your car onto a platform, and it transports your car from one point to another point. It's like he's just finding a way to keep the car involved. And I'm like, no, ditch, ditch the car. Just like, let's build better subway systems. Right. <laughs> All right. We are off topic. Yeah. We, so we were clicking around this map and I sent you a couple little polls if you're interested on Wisconsin and, and Texas. The polling is tighter than you would think. I mean, it's still like Trump is favored in Texas. Um, two to one. Uh, like a, there's a 66% chance that that Trump still wins, but he's only pulling a point or two above Biden, which means that, you know, that's why Biden has that one in three chance to maybe pull off a Texas upset. 
Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't foresee Biden pulling off the Texas upset. I really don't. Uh, and that goes. And you said you had a friend that I'm assuming listens to the show, wanting to know how Carl is going to vote. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get into that right here because I don't see Trump losing Texas. Uh, mainly, I mean, his biggest supporter in Texas is really Beto O'Rourke. And as a Texan, we don't like Beto. He needs to go. Nobody in Texas really likes Beto. Uh, well, I mean, Texas is a big state. There's a lot of people. People in El Paso like Beto. And Beto did win a lot of counties and nearly knocked off Ted Cruz, winning wow. almost half the vote. So I would say there are a lot of people yeah. in Texas who do like Beto. There but, are also a lot of people in but, Texas who do not like Beto. But you said... You had one word in there, and this is a lesson that I taught my children. You said the word almost. Mm -hmm. To me, the definition of almost is doesn't count. Oh, yeah. He's not the senator, but I would not say that there are not a lot of people in Texas who like Beto. Well, a lot of the... A lot of, as in just under half of Texas, likes Beto. The, the younger folks, the younger generations like Beto. Are you talking about the future? I'm talking about the future. <laughs> and, and they'll have their day. I mean, but... We, we will have our day, Carl. <laughs> we are young. Well, speak for yourself. You're, you're still in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in the 40s next... Wait, three months. Three months. Uh but I think Trump will still win Texas just because of the older population, the oil, oil and gas industry. There's just so many people that are still just, they're Republican through and through, and they're not going to budge. They're, they're not, there's not a lot of people, and, and I'm not necessarily saying this is just stuck on Texas, I think it's throughout the country, mm -hmm. that are just stuck in their ways and they're stuck in their beliefs. Well, I voted this same thing we were talking about with continuing to elect these the same congressmen over and over and over. They're stuck in their ways. Uh, they're not open to the idea of change. They're not open to well, let's see what this side has to say versus what this side has to say on this topic. I think right now the Republican side benefits most Texans just mainly because I, you know, I, I can't really give you a reason other than the oil and gas industry. I mean, that that's the biggest supporter of the Republicans here and, and the farmers and the ranchers that, mm -hmm. that rely and it, it's not just, I mean, you look at these farmers and ranchers that have thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. They're not necessarily working in the gas and oil industry, but they're leasing their land and making a killing 
I mean, some of these guys are getting for, you know, a five-acre plot, they're getting up to $50,000 a month, and nobody's even drilling it. They're just leasing it so the other companies can't get it. So I'm, if I had 200,000 acres and somebody says, hey, for, I'll give you $50,000 for every five acres, we're not going to drill, but I'll give you this money so nobody else can drill, you damn right I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing with the wind farms. I mean, these people are getting up upwards of $20,000 a month to have these wind farms on their land. Mm-hmm. And usually those contracts run for 99 years. So, you know, that's not only our lifetime, but that's probably going to be our children's lifetime. And then towards the end of theirs, they can decide if they want to keep it going. But by then, and by then, I'm pretty sure that family is going to be set. Yeah, well, that's another situation is the I want to leave it to my kids mentality. And a lot of it is profits now or well, you can't take it later. You can't take it with you. So let's profit now and enjoy it. But when people talk about like, I want to leave my kids something or I want to leave a good situation for my kids. Um, it used to always be the debt. They were like, I don't want to leave my country in debt for my children. That doesn't seem to be a problem anymore because we are running the highest deficits we've ever run. Well, <laughs> we... you know, when when people bring that up, the whole, well, we're in debt this much under this regime or, or whatever, you know, it goes up with every, every four years it goes up. It's not going to come down. It's just, it's not. Oh, the debt. Yeah. The debt goes up. The deficit goes up and comes down. And it was coming down during Obama's term. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up a chart. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take your word for it. But I'm just saying that's something that we're never going to overcome. Might as well just, it is what it is. Don't be defeatist, Carl. All right, I'm sending you a link right now because I feel like maybe if every Texan looked at this chart, and this is just the first one that came up, uh, the last time the government had a, had a surplus was in 2001 when we were paying down our debt. But we had a, we had a surplus through the 90s, 2000, 2001. Then it switched to debt, and we we're running deficits ever since then. But that deficit has fluctuated. That deficit jumped during the Great Recession because we were doing a lot of spending to try and dig ourselves out of this Great Recession. Um, you know, spending on projects, infrastructure, bailouts, all that stuff. Infra- but then you see the infrastructure is a great the- thing because that's where my line of business comes in. Well, you know what, Joe <laughs> Carl? Let me tell you about Joe Biden's infrastructure plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Did you email it to me or did you text it to him? Oh, I've been texting you all this stuff. Should I email it? Oh, no. I'm pulling it up on my phone now. All right. This is just the first one that, that popped up, but this is sort of similar to what I've seen there's other sites that try to cover this stuff 
but yeah, I mean, just talking about like the deficit and leaving your kids uh, in debt, which seemed to be a big deal for a while, but then it seems like it changes when a Republican is in office. They don't care about the deficit that much, but I'm sure if Joe Biden wins, if Joe Biden wins, we are going to have some deficit hawks in Congress who are going to throw a tantrum over any any new spending. Sure. They're going to say, what in the world? You're, you're running a trillion-dollar deficit. And it, I mean, we've been running a trillion-dollar deficit for the last few years. Well, so. and, and I get that. But it's the same way when the Republicans are in there, the Democrats. Instead of, that's the problem. Instead of the Republicans and the Democrats unifying and working together to figure shit out, it's a bunch of back and forth. Well, you're doing this, and we're not going to support this. They they need a clean house. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to. I mean, just if you're in office right now, you're done, and you can't run again. Let's reelect everybody. That sounds like an endorsement, Carl. I'm not going to say anything, but if you're in office now, you need to get out. Well, I'm not. Sounds like I'm. <laughs> and I'm going to hold you. Yeah, to that. yeah. And I, I, I can't say that. That's not an endorsement. Because mainly when I said that, I was thinking of y'all's greatest Democrat that's in office right now. Who is our greatest Democrat well, in office let me right say now? She thinks she is. And she needs to go. She is the. Oh, she's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> and oh wait, I'm I'm talking Nancy Pelosi, the Congresswoman from San Francisco, right. the greatest boogeyman the the great old party has ever oh, seen. Sweet baby Jesus, Nancy Pelosi keeps Republicans up at night. Oh, you're not kidding. She does. But to go back to answer your question, for or your friend's question, (laughs) given his demographics being a white male in rural Texas, (laughs) which we need to devote an entire episode to, because I do find it interesting that like, I wonder how much our political opinions would change based on our location. Oh, greatly. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, you're not a necessarily religious guy, and I think that's a factor that plays into it too, but I think that that might have something to do with you being more open-minded. Not to say that other people are closed-minded, but I'm just saying being a little bit more seeing both sides and trying to take each plan into account and not just saying, although I still think that if Jesus was here today, he would be a Democrat because he's all about helping the poor and welcoming the stranger and all that stuff. But that aside... um, I do think about the different factors that play into somebody and their political identity. And I, I think that's interesting because it's, we have less control over it. I think than we want to admit. You oh, know? absolutely. We do. And, and I, and I think a big deal with it too goes to the era that we're in. I mean, you look back at when JFK was in office, JFK was a Democrat. Everybody loved, well, not obviously not everybody did, but <laughs> the, the, he wasn't, he was in Dallas, Carl, <laughs> but that 
aside, I mean, the majority of the country loved JFK. They loved the Kennedy. He won a, I mean, he won a nail biter against Nixon. Well, it was close. It was. I mean, there were a lot. I mean, yes, he was a popular well, president. But I, and I think I the think more with what you said, that and this is just my opinion, and I haven't looked at anything because I've never researched it. But to my knowledge, he was the first, and I think the only Catholic president we've ever had. Could be. Could be uh, one more Catholic president coming in next year. Just saying. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> but no, I don't. You know, I, I, I honestly, at this point in time, if if you were to put a gun to my head right now and tell me who to vote, you know, to, to say who I was going to vote for right now, because of being a white male. In rural Texas, I'm going to vote Trump. But nobody's got a gun in my head right now, and I'm still open-minded. I'm still listening Mm -hmm. to both sides. And when I do go vote, I will make the best educated decision that I believe that I can make. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, too, I'm not going to vote straight Republican or straight Democrat. How you like an MJ Hager? I like Hager. He's got some pretty cool yard signs. She. She. <laughs> I, know, I see I see a yard sign every time I go to H E B. So She was a uh, a fighter pilot. That that explains the top gun logo on the yard sign. There you go. And she rides a motorcycle uh, around. I, I saw her commercial. Uh, she looks like okay. a badass. I think so. Everybody was begging Beto to run for that seat, but I do think it was good to get a fresh face in there for, to run against Cornyn. Right. Because like like you said, Beto is polarizing at this point. Like there are a lot of Texans that love Beto, but there are also a lot of Texans who now don't like Beto. Right. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Beto, honestly, politics aside, I'd like to hang out with the dude. He likes skateboarding. He likes punk music. Dude, he had a good I band. Mean, what What is there that I wouldn't like? I mean, I'm, I'm. He was in a band with the like. He was in the the in a band with a guy that moved on to to be in at the drive-in, which was one of those punk bands out of El Paso that I remember my friends telling me about. My cooler friends who knew more about music would be like, "You got to listen to At the Drive-In." Uh. And if you're able to play in a band with those guys, I mean, just like like us, knowing sort of music royalty from Mullen, Texas. <laughs> it's San like, Saba. San Saba. Wait, yeah, no, really? Aaron was from San Saba. He just, he just the oh, rest okay. of the band was from Mullen. Okay. But he went on to, to be in, uh, or to form Ghostland right, Observatory. He was doing I mean, Aaron Barron's in the Midnight Stroll and... and he he's been successful at it, so maybe we can get him on you the know, show. My mother is friends with his mother, so oh yeah, really. I, and I didn't know that up until about a year and a half, two years ago. Your mom is a networker. You. We were talking, and you know, mom's always been up to date on what music I'm listening to and what I like. And I was playing her. I was like, "You remember that guy that used to play on the show?" 
I was like, this is his new deal. And she's like, what's his name? I said, Aaron Barron. And she goes, oh, yeah, his mom's so-and-so. I'm real good friends with her. I'm like, well, <laughs> good to know I've got connections through my mother. That is what's fun and also not fun about growing up in rural central Texas is everybody. Right. Everybody. I mean, Brady and San Saba are, what, 42 miles apart? And the rest of the country, you're going to be like, okay, well, that's not too far. But back in our day when we didn't have social media and we didn't, you know, we didn't have these ways of connecting with other kids the way they do now. So to actually be in touch with those kids and knowing what they were doing and that they like the same kind of stuff that we like, and then to see them blossom and take it even further, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I think there's something about... Uh that environment that leads itself to creativity being born. There's a lot of boredom in, in rural areas. That's why we drink beer, but also I think some of the best artists come out of rural areas or any like areas where you, you don't have the ability to do anything well, else. Almost that, that's then. why I think a lot of these, these artists these days, these great artists always talk about being an outcast when they were younger. And it's not necessarily that being from these small towns that we're from, we're outcasts, but you've got a lot of downtime, like an outcast yeah. would have. Just, you know, you don't have anything other anything other than that to do, but sit there and practice and get better and create or be creative. And I keep trying to tell myself that's what I should be doing well, on well, during you lockdown. Need, I, you need to go back <laughs> to your roots. Well, we did start a podcast, <laughs> but I guess I should also be practicing practicing my instrument well, more and uh, releasing well, something. <laughs> you, you need to leave Los Angeles, go back to your roots, come back to Placid, Texas. Well, I'll be there in December. I'm going to try and drive my electric car all the way from <laughs> L.A. to Austin or all the way from L.A. to Brady. Well, but, but, See, if there are enough charging stations, I'm going to make it. Otherwise, you're going well, to have to come pick me up in the middle of well, West I'm Texas. I'm in West Texas, so that's not a problem. Now, I will say Marissa had some, has some friends that live in uh, Colorado, and they drove their Tesla from Colorado to Texas, and they made it just fine. Well, I don't have a Tesla, Carl. I'm not exactly in the Tesla bracket <laughs> right now. You and I both. But I do, I do have a, I do have a Chevy okay. Bolt. Okay, I, and I, you I, said Chevy. I You're a, good. A, a, Chevy, a 2000, 2017 Chevy Bolt, and I get 237 miles of range between nice. charges. Not now. <laughs> well, that goes. How away. long does it take to recharge? Um, well, if you're at zero, it takes you about an hour to get up to 60 or 70% of the battery. So if you, so you can get over a hundred, you can get up to 150 miles in under an hour. But after that, the charging slows down. And I will say it is. Well, that, that, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cause not only that you have to, because I know they had to do this. Like they drove from Austin to San Angelo 
but they had to go all the way from Austin down to Junction just so they could charge your car to get it to San Angelo because between Austin, you know, you hit Lano, Brady, Eden, there's no place to charge your car. Yeah. Brady's got a charger at the library, but it's a level two charger, which means you get about 22 miles an hour. <laughs> so that's one of the ones that people put in their houses and you just charge it overnight. And you have a full, full tank every morning, but that's not something you want to use on a road trip. You want a, a fast charger. Well, that... But at least Brady's got a charger. Like if, if you run out of power, you can park at the library. I don't think you can go inside. I don't know. If yeah, I, I don't right know. Now, I do but... know they just built a new library in Brady, which I never went in the old one, so I'm not going to go in the new one. So I don't know. <laughs> but I, th- I think that well, while we're on this random subject, let's let's get into my current reading, watching, and listening list. Oh, okay. To everybody's disappointment, I promise you, I am not watching Cuties on Netflix. And I am... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, for putting that on you. Now, before we switch, though, to that section, to our final send-off, I want to know for next week, as Carl's <laughs> making up his mind, what are some things that Biden could do to win Carl's vote? Or just, or, or what, are, what are the most important issues? What are the things that are weighing on your mind as you're making a decision? Because everybody has different things they're factoring it on. And what, what are the main, the main issues that there, there's you'll one be main issue? On? And uh, only one? You're a single well, issue voter. On, on this right now. And, and, and this goes for both of them. <laughs> and I promise you, neither one of them can guarantee me this. But we, we know they're not young. Can they promise me that they will be alive for four more years? And that's all <laughs> I'm going to get into on that. Yeah? Well, I'll, I'll tell do you. I'll a little, little soul searching. Over the- I, do, I mean, because I, I'd be curious, what are the issues? Because, every, again, everybody has different ones. And, what, and sometimes if somebody says, like, yeah, I know Trump. Well, just like 50 Cent. He was like, I know Trump doesn't like black people, but that's not important to well, me. Well, no, it's not important <laughs> to him because he's, he doesn't represent the majority of black people. Now, he did at, he did at one point when he yeah. was first coming up and when, like you talked about, when he was shot and all of that, he represented that demographic. Mm-hmm. But now that he's up in the, I, 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 I want to say top 1%, I don't know if he's up there or not, but he's up there. You know, the mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if he's black or if he's white or Asian. Well, you make enough money in America and right. it doesn't matter as much anymore what your race is. People yeah, respect yeah, you because exactly of your money. It. So, you know, 50 cents opinion on, on it, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. Same as Bill Gates or Oprah or George Clooney or I've always had I've always had a problem with entertainers yeah. and, I, and I'm weird like this I've always had that problem with them telling me who I should vote for and I'm gonna <laughs> like Tommy Lee right now I'm leaving the country if Trump gets reelected leave 
Tommy Lee, the the no, drummer, Tommy or Lee Tommy drummer. Lee Jones? Okay, <laughs> I was like, I'm imagining and I'm like, Tommy Lee and Jones. The same thing for people that say that. Well, I'm going to leave if Biden gets elected, or if Hillary got elected, then leave. You know, I don't yeah. need because y'all's problems have nothing to do with my problems. Well, and it doesn't make me feel one way or the other about the candidate. Uh, to me, that's just them speaking their opinion, and I'm yeah, like, that's fine. But it's when they like try if, to push if it. That down means, if that means if you that means you want to, that's what that's what bothers me. And then the yeah. media jumps on it. Uh, I know, I do know that liberals are guilty of making some annoying videos, some mashup videos where multiple celebrities are all looking into the camera, and their jump cuts where every celebrity is reading from the same script about how serious it is to do this and oh man i'll tell you when i watch it i'm like reconsidering things because <laughs> that i yes it is very annoying to have somebody that does not that is i mean we have similar values in some ways but yeah, nobody likes to be told what to do or what to think, especially if the person doesn't have any shared experience or right. understanding and about the, my and life. The only entertainer that I have ever really liked to hear what they had to say about government is Rage Against the Machine. And that's just because they're a bunch of mm. badass musicians. And actually what they're up in arms about, they have a valid point. We stole America, and then we're tra- we're treating, you know, the folks that we stole America from like shit. So anyway, Rage, Rage Against the Machine are some of the few people you About listen to government. And and I don't I'm not okay. gonna listen to them about, or I don't agree or disagree with their message, but I don't hate them mm-hmm. because. They speak their mind. Green Day, when Green Day came out with the American Idiot album, I, I won't listen to Green Day anymore. One, because it was too pop. Uh-oh. But two, I'm a firm believer, and, and you, you kind of mentioned this earlier, you said I'm not like super religious. I'm not, but I was re- raised to believe the Bible. And I've always been taught that it's God, family, and country. So you pray to God every night, pray for your family, and then you, and and this goes back. We've discussed it before with the not my president. Even when Obama was president, and I didn't like Obama, I still prayed for him every night because regardless of what you think he is or is not doing. To benefit you, he's still leading your country. So you want to pray or hope, if that, if that's a better word for people that don't believe in prayer, that he's going to do the best that he can do to run the country that you live in to the best of his ability. And the best of his ability may not be worth a shit. But <laughs> I, I think you still have to hope, pray, believe something. You got to have some kind of faith in that individual that's in that position. 
Well, I don't know that you have faith in them, but you have hope. And I, and to be honest, like I, I had that. And no, I, okay. I wanted Trump to do a 180 when he took office. I thought, you know what? There's a chance that this guy is still the Hollywood liberal that he's been his entire career of just like womanizing around. And he's, <laughs> he lives in New York. He's, you know, rubs shoulders with Hillary Clinton has always talked to her about how great she is his entire career. And I thought there's a chance that he's just pulling the wool over everybody's eyes and is just going to get into office and actually like address serious issues and not just treat this like it's a joke and, and stroke his own self ego. And I had hope and I thought, Maybe. And I didn't know how likely it was, but I did want that. And I don't know if that's like what you're speaking right. to is you want them to be better. You genuinely want them to do good things for the country. And I really, really, really wanted him to do good right. things and, for the and country. And I think we all do, whether we support that individual or not, whether we voted for him or not. But I think at the same time, we have to hope that they will. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it's harder than other sure, times absolutely. to be hopeful about that. <clears throat> Especially when well, they have a track record. I'm not going to agree with everything that he does. And I'm not going to agree with, if Biden yeah. wins. I'm not going to agree or disagree with everything that he does. No one should, and that's alarming to me, is when somebody says everything that this person does is right and everything that right. this other person does is wrong. Uh, people need to be more open-minded. Uh, it, it's like we've talked about all along. There, there's pros and cons to both candidates. What benefits one, you know, he, he may benefit, Trump may benefit me on this situation and Biden doesn't and vice versa where Biden will benefit me immensely on this one and not on this one. So I think mm -hmm. people need to actually sit down, do their homework and decide who's going to benefit me more. Okay. The, the pros of Biden outweigh the cons of Biden on me for this or the pros of Trump outweigh the, the cons of Trump. On, on, on for me on this I think we're in a society to where social media news we just we get hung up on what it, and it goes back to your, your demographics and your area that you live in everybody's like oh well everybody here you know I'm going to be the outsider if, if I'm a Biden supporter in Texas or I'm going to be an outsider if I'm a Trump supporter in California. Who? <laughs> oh, I see him on the street. <laughs> but I mean, in, in all actuality, who cares? You know that that's that's the the beauty yeah. the beauty of being an American. You have the right to your own opinion, regardless of what everybody around you wants or likes at the moment you know uh, just because the people of Brady Texas like Trump doesn't mean that I have to like Trump 
or it doesn't even mean that all the people of Brady, Texas, and I do have back when I was on Facebook, I know there are some people in Brady, Texas what? who don't like Trump. It's not the vocal. I mean, it's, it's something maybe you keep to yourself. Situation that we're in in society today. You know, we should all be able to freely speak mm-hmm. our minds and not get ridiculed or, or in some instances, people taking violence because you don't agree to support who they support. And, and that goes for both parties. I mean, there, there's people like that in both parties. And it, it's sad. There you go. Extremists. Yeah. The, yeah, we don't, we need the, we need everybody to take down the, uh, the heat a notch with the extremism sometimes. So who's going to benefit me more? Some element of who's going to benefit other people. Is there some percentage of there too? Like it factors in, I I totally understand people being like, literally I will pay $20 less if this guy's the president versus this guy, he's benefiting me more, but also factoring in how other people are affected. If you put it that way, I'm not going to vote for candidate a, because I'm going to, pay $20 less on my taxes than candidate B. That, to me, I would throw that scenario out the window and move on to the next scenario. Right. If it's a wash, if they're basically uh, the same. And and I do look at that because I'm not oil-filled related anymore. But would the candidate that still supports the oil field, would that benefit me in my line of work now? Yes, because it's going to create jobs out there. It's going to drive the demand up for new infrastructure because of the traffic out there, which is job security down the line for me. So they're going to benefit from it. I'm going to benefit from it. And somebody else in a different line of work that we use is going to benefit from it. So you got to look at it. You can't just look at yourself. You have to look at society as a whole. I, I think. All. I, mm-hmm. Oh, and infrastructure in Texas is important. Ooh, let me tell you, some of these roads out here are horrible. Right, now, so we're gonna, now we're we're going to get into what Carl is currently reading, watching, and listening. Huh. Not at all. Fifty cent. I have been, of course, you know, you know my love for Texas music and Red Dirt music. So, I've actually been listening to a lot of the Randy mm-hmm. Rogers band here lately. Uh, I'm going to see him. He's playing an acoustic show right outside of San Angelo. I'm, I'm going to see him Saturday evening. So, thank God it's been well over a year since I've seen any live music. Watching it is an out, it's oh, out, yeah. it's an outdoor venue restaurant. It's outdoor venue. Uh you know that it's time to yeah, we got some great outdoor venues around. I think that it, you know, fill them to I don't know, fifty percent capacity or something. If every 
even more than that, if people are wearing masks, I think you're good. Although I'm guessing, I don't want to make assumptions, but I feel like there might uh, be a lot of masks. And there will be, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because this venue that it's at, they've had live music for the last month and a half, two months, every weekend. And uh, the county judge actually shut them down because of social distancing and people not wearing their mask, even though it's outside. Well, that lasted one day because somebody had taken a picture of this county judge at the same concert that he was talking about, not social distancing, not wearing a mask. <laughs> so he was like, well, crap. <laughs> so they went ahead. Wait, his decision was okay. Let's just go ahead and let everybody do what I was doing instead of, he could have said, I messed up my bad. This is inconvenient. I'm going to do better. I'm right. sorry. Let's all I, adhere I think to these because standards. He received such but he a didn't do that. On it. Again, politics played a part in it because he's, well, I'll, I want to get elected and I want to keep my position. Hmm. So I, I better reverse it. But from my understanding, and I have yet to go to this venue, I will be more informed after this weekend. Anybody that I've talked to, they, they do a pretty good job at keeping you you know you're with your party and then everybody else is socially distanced uh we'll see i mean right. yeah you need to they're, all right they're randy rogers uh, band i'll look them up matter of fact a little history lesson on the randy rogers band they got their start at cheatham street warehouse in san marcus texas also Got their who? Uh, okay, and I know you know this guy. He also got his start at Cheatham Street Warehouse. Is Mr. George Strait? Now the owner of Cheatham Street Warehouse. Okay, and we lost him a few years back, but his name is Kent Finley. And I know you remember Robin Finley and Sheila Finley. That is their uncle. He is from Lone, Texas. Uh huh. So little, you know, ties oh. back to, to Brady Texas there. That's, that's like right. I was saying earlier, now, everybody knows everybody. As, I, and I, I hate to say this, but I'm not currently reading anything. Uh, I no, no, you're I'm reading Twitter. Facebook, and I still you're reading get Facebook. Get on, get on no, you're not on Facebook. On Facebook and Twitter. Do you? Do you scroll on anything on your phone? Is there anything that like yes. you're like addicted to on your phone to like be scrolling through? Because I even got off Facebook and then I find myself on Twitter and then I found myself on Reddit. And it's like, even if I get myself off yes, of one platform, so I'm just stuck to something else. Fox Southwest Football Friday, powered, powered by Dave Campbell's. So <laughs> I keep up with the football message boards. Uh but what what I do like to do is like when I read an article, <laughs> like like a lot of them, if you go to Yahoo or ABC News, there'll be a deal at the end of the article that say comments. I'll click on those and I'll read comments of people's opinions on the article or what they think's going on. But no, as far as reading, really, mm-hmm. and we've we've done a couple of the audio books when we travel. The last one, and I cannot for the life of me 
it's called Verity. And I might have to look that up to see who who wrote it. But it's kind of a suspenseful Colleen Hoover. It's kind of a suspenseful mystery type thing and it's it's out there. I'm just like just when you think you have something figured out, you're like, holy crap, what just happened? But prior to that we listened to Pet Cemetery. So I mean we're just we're kinda all over the place on our, our audio books. But it's been a while. As far as watching, mm-hmm. I was not with the rest of the country and I am on season one, episode five of Games of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Well, if you need whatever you need to get yourself through this well, turmoil I mean, I've of everybody. Been watched <laughs> Entourage. Can... I never watched that. I've been watched that uh, series. Uh, I, I have started The Sopranos over again. You got a lot of time out there in, yes. in West yes, Texas and a lot to watch. So these recommendations are going to be very important. <laughs> We're going to keep track of what Carl's watching and binging. I, I assume Breaking I, I assume Breaking Bad has already been watched, or is that on your list? Is it that good? Is, is it okay? That's got to be on your list. Worthy to watch. It's one of those that people say is the, their favorite show, and I do feel like it's it's a, it's a good solid show. And then there's the spinoff, Better Call okay. Saul, which is truly a delight. But you have to watch gotcha. better. You have to watch Breaking Bad. So, did you get into the Game of Thrones? Better Call Saul. Well, okay. Yeah, I've watched all of Game of Thrones. I well, will. Well, I don't want to talk about it too is, much. This is what I asked Marissa for you, but that. I have my. <laughs> so I'm in season one. You know, they push the little boy out the window. He's paralyzed. So, and I watched that episode a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, I asked her last night, and I'm like, "Hey, so." The little boy that's paralyzed, is that the one that gets the throne at the end? And she's like, you, you know? And I'm like, well, you watched it, so we talked about it then. So is it even worth watching now that I know how it ends? <laughs> that's sort of like not okay. that important to the story, really. Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds she crazy. Me, she's like, why are you watching it? You know? <laughs> but it... It really is a okay. It's a Game of Thrones. People take the throne, lose the throne, get the throne, lose the throne again. And really, the whole show is about the fact that you, everybody's trying to take power and loses power. And so, yeah, if he gets power, it's not that important, gotcha. and it doesn't detract from the rest of the show. Right, so you you're know oh, and what I'm uh, we already talked about what I was listening to. Not not Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> you don't have to fill everything on each category, but uh, it is, I think that covers the, the three main things. I've been watching this uh, Netflix Instant Hotel, which I run an Airbnb out here. For the listeners who don't know, my job right now is to not be home. Well, you need to, <laughs> to clean you need up to the send house me a link and then get the hell out of the house I'm, and let. 
You may have. I don't know. I'm not going to scroll that. I thought I did. Anyway, Instant Hotel is fun to watch. It's a bunch of teams down in Australia, and they're competing against other Airbnbs. They don't even use the name Airbnb, but it's you kind of know that's what's going on. And they uh, they get so catty with each other because they're supposed to judge each other's places. And so they show up in the other team's houses and they're like, oh, well, there's a little dust here. Oh, I don't know about this sleeping arrangement. Oh, this looks terrible. Oh, I hate this place. And they're all nice places. And we would all really enjoy staying there. Oh, kind of makes me want to go to Australia. But that is literally the longest plane ride well, that, anywhere that, in the world. Next to Germany, that's my overseas dream vacation. It looks like a cool place. Like once you get there, there are a lot of cool places to go and they, they crossed the entire continent. There was like, here's the wine region. Here's the, you know, this cool hip area near Sydney. Um, a lot of like backwoods areas in the middle of nowhere. They go to these country bars and uh, I was like, wait, is this Brady? I don't know. This looks familiar. <laughs> and there's this one guy on the team that has a mullet and he's so likable and he just wanders up and everybody, all the other teams are scared of the folks at this bar and he just wanders up and he's like, I felt right at home. And one of the most underrated rock groups of our time is from Australia. Uh-oh. You, you know this. Are you going to say Silverchair? I am. I think they were extremely underrated. Okay, Carl. They were fine. Underrated. <laughs> so I'm listening to Silverchair. <laughs> now I'm, uh, I'm reading this book called Liberal Redneck Manifesto. Do you know Trey Crowder? He's, he had some videos that were playing on Facebook, and he is a liberal and a redneck. And he wrote an entire book about how those two things can go together in harmony. And I found it pretty interesting, and I've just been reading through that. He, he's in Tennessee, but a lot of it is pretty universal for the majority of the South. Although the Texas does not always like to be included as the South. No, we don't. Uh, and... And if you look at that, you want to get technical. I think we joined, like back, you look back at the Civil War, Texas joined the Confederacy out of basically the proximity they were to the South. I don't think they were neither for nor against slavery. Not saying that there weren't slaves in Texas because there were, but I think honestly, Texas could have gone either way. So we, we do not like to be associated, especially with the deep south, Alabama. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, mainly because they beat, they beat us in the national championship in 2009. And I don't remember seeing a lot of Confederate flags. I know they are around, but I don't remember seeing a lot of them growing up in Texas. No. And now I did. And, and I'll, go ahead, I'll go out and say I have family members that are racist. Uh, my cousin that. I looked up to, I mean, he's the one that showed me Motley Crue and got me into rock music. He was a few years older than me. He he was one of the biggest racists I knew. And I loved him, and he was family, and I looked up to him. But on that part of it, I did not. I mean, and he passed away a few years back, and the lining in his casket was a Confederate flag. <laughs> He Dixie was, he till was extreme, I die. <laughs> he was extremely proud of our German heritage, but 
so yes, there are some people like that in Texas, but I think the vast majority of Texas is not a racist place. And and as far as racism, yes, I, I get that it's still going on, but I think we're moving further and further away from it as the older generation dies off. Yeah, I, we were talking about that last time. At least one of those things we kind of learned about after a certain age. Right. Rather than being indoctrinated, we just kind of realized what other people were doing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are you what are you watching? Or no, what are you listening to? <laughs> I listen to whatever Corinne puts on. The uh, <laughs> tells Alexa to play in the morning. She's like, "Play morning." That is a smart morning man. pop radio. I. She gets up and she's like, "Jack Johnson radio on Pandora." And I've gotten to know all the songs, and I'm I'm kind of getting sick of Jack Johnson. Well, I, I do that. And I got into that to where down here, a lot of people are huge into like Co Wetzel and Parker McCollum. I still can't get on the Parker McCollum bandwagon. And now that they have come out and categorized Co Wetzel as more of Texas rock than Texas country. I can respect him a little more and I listen to it and he is, he's kind of got, he got, he has like a nineties, not grunge, but like a nineties rock vibe to him. Mm-hmm. I do like him because he doesn't give a damn. He'll say whatever the hell he wants to say in his songs. And, uh, I don't know, but I've gotten to where like, I've gotten away from the Apple music. I'll get on Spotify now or Pandora and I'll do like Tyler Childers. I don't know if you're familiar with Tyler Childers. No, I think that now that you're on Spotify, we got to create a playlist uh, collaboration and you can throw on songs on there that I can listen to. Okay. And likewise, let's do it. and vice versa. Let's, let's do it. Tyler Childers is Americana. He is out of uh, Kentucky, Kentucky or West Virginia. I'm not sure. He he's kind of along the lines of a Sturgill Simpson. Okay. Uh, re- really good. I mean, brilliant musician, brilliant songwriter, just really likable dude. Well, there's another thing for the listeners. If you guys want to hear the Scott and Carl, what would we call it? Good country, or <laughs> well, I I'm a firm believer in that there. Country music does not exist anymore. What would you call the good country nowadays? Like you, current? It could even be the old stuff. It's just like, what would you categorize the stuff that actually has heart to it? George Jones. Uh, but if you had to name the genre. Because I'm naming this playlist right now. Oh, shit. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would... Because TBD country (laughs) to be determined. Yeah, because I'm I'm so all over the place, and I'm very anal about my category, my categories of it, like my Texas music versus Texas, or versus Red Dirt versus the Texas Rock versus Nashville, what they're calling Nashville country, which I call pop music, versus classic country. It's just, I, I don't know if I could, because there's so much. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm making it public, and 
I'll find your username and invite you to it. It will probably, if you search for B TBD country, you'll find it now. It has nothing there. You can, I'll add you to it. <clears throat> but that's a, that seems like a pretty good amount of talking. Seems like to cover, wraps it up. cover most everything. And uh, we'll check in next week for our last pre-election show. And then we'll just deal with the aftermath from there. Yep, the the two shows from now to be nothing but bashing. <laughs> Enjoy the debates tomorrow. <laughs> and then we will go into whatever the hell we want to talk about after that. Surviving. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to help everybody pick up the pieces. <laughs> everybody build your doomsday bunkers now. Oh, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll have doomsday prep kits and tips for everybody. Although I don't think either one of us knows that much about building a doomsday bunker. Nope, not at all. We'll find someone though. And until then, everybody take it easy and tell your friends about how great this show was and how you really enjoyed spending time with us. And, and spread the word. Yeah. <laughs>